0: We're going to talk about electric vehicles. And I know it gets a lot of people excited. And, and I, when, when people say we can't do it, we can't do it, we can't do it. If you're talking about this weekend, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're not ready to have everybody driving electric vehicles. However, I think we will get there one day. Now, what that timeline is, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, uh, but it, the technology will advance. The electronic infrastructure will advance, and ultimately, I think we'll be able to accommodate it down the road. Will it happen in my lifetime I, I I don't know if the complete transition will, and then there's other parts of the world that are in different circumstances altogether. I'll tell you about South Africa in a minute, but we well, you know what's happening we're all, We're on the road towards it, right? Um, all the major automakers have announced plans to go electric. The federal government, of course, has said that they want all new cars sold in Canada uh, as of twenty thirty five to be electric, but at the same time, as I said, there are issues that affect performance and, you know, the ability to do that uh, that need to be worked on. One of them is the fact that we have a very cold climate in Canada, and that has a big effect on how these vehicles perform. We all know that, but now we have some data around specifically how much of an impact it can have. So we're going to chat now with Liz Naiman, who is a researcher with an organization called Recurrent that studied this. Liz, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time.
1: Hi, nice to be here, Shea. Um, yeah, so Recurrent is a company that works to, um, accelerate the adoption of used electric vehicles. Uh, yeah. right now we're U.S. only, but we hope to be in Canada soon. Um, and we're a team of scientists and researchers, and so data and kind of getting the facts out there is really important to us. And when uh- we, we, re- yeah, and sorry, that's exactly what,
0: like, you actually went out and did the testing, right? I mean, so you've got the data now.
1: We did. And we're working, we have, um, we have actual verified on the road, actual observed data for one, two, three, four, five, seven different vehicles. And we're hoping to round that out and get observed data for the remaining six vehicles that we track very soon.
0: Okay, so let's define the parameters here. When we talk about how you tested it and, you know, in terms of you were testing range versus temperature, right?
1: Yes. So we were looking at observed range changes between in metric 21 Celsius and then our cold weather was between negative 7 and negative 1 which I realize for those of us in the continental u s that, that is pretty cold. I realize that when you move further north, that is not as cold
0: that's a nice spring day for us <laughs> um, so let's let, let's go through the findings because it varies greatly, doesn't it? Some vehicles it's pretty marginal, others it's a big, big difference.
1: yeah, it sure does um, and one of the big one of the big discrepancies that we notice is between. Models that have heat pump technology and models that rely on resistive, uh, resistive heat. And, of course, that the caveat there is that the, the difference really shows up when you're warmer than, like, negative seven. Once you get much colder than that, heat pump vehicles don't perform that much better. Okay. So, for instance, the Ford Mustang Mach-E, which is a really popular and great EV, saw a, re- a winter range loss of around 30%. Wow. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big hit.
0: And, and, and like you say, the, the reason that it loses that range is because so much power has to be diverted to, to heating the cabin, where, where, where the exactly. driver and passengers are.
1: Exactly. When you're in a gas car, the gas engine produces a lot of waste heat. And in an electric car, an electric motor is really efficient. And so you don't have all of that waste heat that you can reroute into the cabin.
0: Now, is there? Any, I don't know if you've done the research prior to this, but obviously we know that you know it's not the infancy of this technology, but it's still early and advancements are made relatively quickly and will continue to be. Has it gotten better? Do you know?
1: I think it has definitely gotten better. I know that a lot of manufacturers are working on more sophisticated ways to generate and direct heat to the cabin. So that's definitely on people's radar. Um, EVs also generally come standard or have a winter range package that includes things like heated steering wheels and heated seats. And those technologies don't pull energy from the the propulsion battery. And so they're great ways to warm up a, a passenger without using the battery. So that's
0: the thing. We're not it's not like the the auto manufacturers are like, oh, my goodness, we didn't realize they're, they're well aware of this and they're working on ways to try and mitigate that range loss.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think almost every electric car on the market offers vehicle preconditioning. So if you have your car plugged into your garage in the morning, you can let it know that you're going to be leaving. And so you can warm up the car before you get in it and before you're on the battery, so you then use your, your grid power. Right. He's
0: drawing power off the grid to heat, heat the cabin of the vehicle so that it doesn't have to use the battery to do it.
1: Exactly. Gotcha. And as we all know from our home heating bills, once you have the car, the temperature you want it, it doesn't take that much energy to keep it there. It takes a lot more energy to warm up and a very cold vehicle.
0: Oh, yeah. Whether it's gas or electric, it really doesn't make much of a difference. You're right about that.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Liz, thank you so much. Interesting findings. I appreciate you sharing them with us.